I look at integration as wholeness and what it is really is like it's us accepting and allowing all the pieces of ourselves. And when we do that, we don't push it away. We actually allow it. We receive it. All that energy we get to take back. And I think that is the process that therapy does in a lot of ways. That's a process coaching can do. That's a process self-development can do, right? There is this these pieces of really reclaiming ourselves so that we have all that beautiful energy back to utilize. Mm, and all that energy back. I love that to utilize and to put into the areas that we want to explore and grow into right? I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I'm so glad you're here to join us today. And I have my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman, joining us as well. And today we really want to talk about another growth tip. That's really, you know, sort of the theme of our season is what are some of the growth tips? And these are not your average growth tips, right? These are actually the more deeper, more important growth tips that we really want to share with you. And today we want to talk about something that I really frame welcoming all the guests. Now, my clients who are listening to this will know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you've ever read one of Rumi's poems, he talks about welcoming all the guests, all the emotions, all the sensations, all the feelings, all the energy we have. It's really about sort of embracing the wholeness of us and all the pieces that we navigate as humans. What do you think about this, Laura? Like, how do we start with kind of framing this? Hmm, such a good one. And I am familiar, familiar with that Rumi poem. And it's really beautiful because the first time I read it, I thought, oh, this is such a good reminder. It's a, such a compassionate reminder that we can welcome all of ourselves. We can welcome all of our experiences, our emotions. There's this misperception, you know, that we have these good things and bad things. And really, it's just, it is all of who we are. And these emotions, sometimes the hard ones, um, the guests that we don't enjoy that much would be our difficult emotions. Um, those are the ones that sometimes are so transformative once we are able to realize that we have the capacity to sit with them and to listen and to learn from them. So I'm intrigued by this as a, as part of our series on growth. And I'm looking forward to seeing kind of the directions that you and I 
go on this one. I know. I know. And I love it. I mean, that's the thing with Laura and I, you know, we never really have a plan. We kind of just unfold a topic and see where the threads take us. And, you know, this one is just so important because I think, you know, as humans, we we often struggle with some of the harder emotions, right? So grief, anger, especially as women, right? We're really taught not to navigate anger. Something's wrong with anger. You know, we should stuff it down. We should be polite. We should, you know, there's all these things that sometimes we really struggle with the things that we come up against. And the problem with stuffing or suppressing any emotion or even trying to reframe an emotion, you know, some of the challenges with that is that we stop some of the integrating of that experience. And I know Laura can talk to that extensively. You know, so so Laura, you know, I talk a lot about integration or, you know, sort of healing process of, you know, those things that come up that are old traumas or old wounds or just even really, really tough emotions. Do you have like a good explanation of what integration even means? Mm, yeah, I'm sure there are so many different definitions. And so I'm going to go with just kind of my concept of how I think about integration when I'm working with my own stuff and when I'm helping clients. I think that what's really beautiful about integration as a state of being is that it's very energy efficient. Integration means that we don't have a lot of energy that we have to do to hold pieces of ourselves apart or in silos. So we actually expend a lot more mental and emotional, physical energy even, like when we are constantly having to keep things, you know, in these like separate silos. So integration is like, wow, everything is actually able to come into this space together and sort of um, weave in and out. I think that with my clients, they will think of, well, this is how I am at work and this is how I am, you know, with my partner. And then this is how I am just as a human being in the world. And they're holding so many of those roles and those identities very separate from one another. Sometimes that holding of separate identities is really healthy when we want to like unblend our personal selves from our business identity. But what we have to be mindful of is that there's this beautiful way in which we can integrate those by bringing traits of ourselves of like, oh, this is just my essential self. And am I letting my essential self be in my business? Am I letting my essential self show up across the board in all these different areas? And the more that our essential self or our self with a capital S is showing up in all those areas, I think of that as of more in integration. Um, and then there's less energy used to hold pieces apart and more energy for us to use for healing and living and growing, right? So I guess to bring that back to a growth metric, it's like the more integrated you are, it's like I think that there's more energy for growth and you're not spending um, the energy to hold these different identities and masking and these different aspects of yourself separate. I hope that makes sense because integration is such a big concept, but I, but that's how I think of it applied to sort of what we're speaking to today. Yeah, I love that. And I think that I love that description of just like it's more energy efficient because it does take a lot of energy to be unintegrated. 
And, you know, I mean, and sort of take it in a different perspective, sometimes I look at integration as well, is like we have something happen to us or we have an experience or a feeling that we don't like. We push it outside of ourselves, out of our consciousness or stuff it down, right, with food or with whatever, you know, we kind of stuff those feelings down. And then same like exactly what you were saying with identities and roles, that part of ourself is siloed. And there's all this energy that has to sustain it and hold it back from coming back into integration. And I think, you know, I look at integration as wholeness and what it is really is like it's us accepting and allowing all the pieces of ourselves. And when we do that, we don't push it away. We actually allow it. We receive it. All that energy we get to take back. And I think that is the process that therapy does in a lot of ways. That's a process coaching can do. That's a process self-development can do, right? There is this these pieces of really reclaiming ourselves so that we have all that beautiful energy back to utilize. Mm, and all that energy back. <laughs> I love that to utilize and to put into the areas that we want to explore and grow into, right? And what's really interesting is, I mean, the guest house of Rumi's poem actually makes a lot of sense because if you think about if you had all these guests coming in and you're freaking out, like, oh my goodness, all these people are coming in and I don't want them in my house. How much energy are you going to have to expend to like lock the doors and throw them off your trail or like, you know, no, 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 you're not coming in. You're not coming in. I don't want, I don't want to have tea with you. Right. And so, so much of that energy trying to like not let anything in the door. But when you just really learn to trust your capacity to let whatever in the door needs to come in, then it's actually, yeah, you're, you're going to have more energy for discernment. You're going to have more energy for like the conversation. You're sitting down to tea with these different parts of yourself. And what am I hearing from this part? What am I learning? What do I want to know? And so it's really interesting when you think of it in that way that we are just like boarding up. I was thinking about hurricane season. It's like you're boarding up the windows and the door sometimes against all of the things that you perceive you don't want to feel or you can't handle or isn't important at this moment. You're like, oh, that's not, I don't need to do that while I'm in their business arena. It's like, but no, absolutely you need to be able to understand everything that's at the door. And then once maybe you take a look at it or walks through the door, you can decide, who am I going to sit down to tea? Who am I going to get to know? And then maybe there are parts that you're like, yep, yeah, not right now. Thank you. I'd like to come back to you later. <laughs> I'll extend an invitation down the road. <laughs> yes. Look, and, and, you know, that's just it. Like, you don't have to forgive, allow, you know, appreciate every single thing, right? Like, you can kind of say, hey, thanks for coming. You know, maybe I'll deal with that a little bit farther down the road. But it is ultimately about allowing, right? Allowing whatever is there to be. Right. You don't have to do anything with it. And this is what I see a lot of people who are doing kind of personal development or they're working on themselves. Right. And they're they're kind of like, OK, I want to integrate this piece. And there's this idea that we have to fix it. We have to really do work around it. Right. And that's that very indoctrinated masculine that we just have to do work around everything. It's all work. 
But really, you know, integration works really well when we allow, right? A more feminine tool. It's when we allow, when we just let it be, right? Kind of like it reminds us sort of of meditation, right? Where you just let the thoughts go by. You don't have to fix them. You don't have to resist them. You just kind of let them go by. I feel like if we can do that with all the parts of ourselves, and we can do that with all of the emotions and the feelings that we have, it makes life easier. It uses less energy and it allows us to be able to direct all that energy and amazing power that we have in the direction that we actually want. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, so true. And this is why I think the Jungian approach to the shadow, you know, the in our psyche is really helpful too, because it's you want to just keep everything in the shadow. Um, many of us as humans do, because the sh- what's in the shadow is usually uncomfortable or we're ashamed of it, or we're just completely unconscious of it. And yet it actually means that you're not fully integrating all of the things. You're not fully realizing your, your fullest potential. So bringing things from the dark or bringing the unwanted guests, like bringing all those things into awareness, into the light, allow us to understand ourselves more, to understand how to make certain decisions, you know, certain paths that we want to take. And I think we all know that there's so much more growth that happens when you get clear and you start down a path and you just you're on it and you listened to like the full body. Yes. And like all the things that you needed and wanted, um, to say like, this is for me. And you start on this path and then all of a sudden, you know, you just can keep going and going and going because you have all of that information. All those guests are like walking alongside you. You can just keep going versus when you're like keeping things in the shadow and you're not welcoming all the guests, then often it's like mid trip, right? In that adventure down your path halfway, you're aware that this was actually not the right path. Like, oh, I wasn't actually supposed to be there. So honestly, like by not letting ourselves access all of the parts of us, all of the guests, then we might not be as aligned. We might not be on a path that is as clear and we'll have to revisit it later, which is, you know, a lot, the growth won't happen as quickly if we're like constantly having to U-turn constantly, you know, our GPS is off. <laughs> yeah. And it and there's a ripple effect to both integration and not integrating, right? Like the more we push away parts of ourselves, that can create a lot of interesting experiences. And the reason, like the way I look at it is the part of ourselves that we push away, it's it's natural and normal that that part wants to be integrated. It wants to be felt. It wants to be acknowledged. It wants to be integrated like a lost self or like an inner child, right? It's like these pieces that they, they naturally want to be integrated, but as we push them away, right, it, it takes all this energy and that has a ripple effect in other areas of our lives, right? We start projecting them onto people. We start getting in conflict with people because they represent a part of ourselves that we have yet to embrace. But when we are accepting of all parts of ourselves, we're also accepting at all parts of others, right? There's this really powerful thing and ripple effect that happens when we start to allow that integration, when we start to just accept what's coming in. And and I feel like 
now in the world, this is actually a really important piece of like our growth (laughs) because the world is very interesting right now and energy is very interesting right now. And a lot of people are having to face these unintegrated parts in themselves, whether through their own experiences, if they're really in touch with that, or through the people that they're encountering in the world. And I think this is this real opportunity for us to allow and welcome more of these pieces of ourselves. Yes, such a good time to be reminded of that message. And just the in, and I've noticed, you know, the more integrated my clients are, they have a higher um, tolerance, if you will, or a greater capacity to sit in the discomfort that we're all feeling, or just to be able to kind of see more of the non binary, right? Um, I think, you know, the more that we are not welcoming all the guests and we sit, we sit in more binary positions um, that are more divisive because we aren't comfortable along a spectrum. We're like needing to just say, this is, this is the guest right here. This is what I want right here. This is the thing. Um, but the more comfortable you get with yourself, your own complexity as a human, it is actually easier to sit in the complexity um, of other human beings to have understanding and grace and compassion. And I think we don't realize how, you know, often these pieces of ourselves, you know, if something sort of comes up, let's say grief, grief is a good, you know, emotion that I think a lot of people like to push down, right? We, we feel like we can feel grief if it's, you know, a loved one just died and we're going to a funeral. Like we, we have these very siloed places where we're allowed to feel grief. And, you know, the thing is, is that if we don't allow ourselves to feel grief, and grief is this really interesting thing because it comes in waves, it comes and goes, it's like this really kind of interesting um, emotion in my opinion. And I think when we don't allow ourselves to experience it, we don't recognize how it is taking a lot of our energy in the background. It's like I always think about the background apps, right, Yeah. of your phone. It's like it's taking all your CPU and you're like, why can't I get anything done? Why am I not productive? Why do I not have the creative energy? Why am I tired? And so often it's these kind of unintegrated pieces that are spinning in the background and asking for our attention, but we've pushed them away because we don't want to experience them. Yes, yes. I think that's a really – so because everyone, almost everyone can relate to the technology metaphor, I think that's a really good example and how we can have like the little spinny wheel of death like on the Mac. That's what we call it, right? When you're just like it's spinning and spinning. It's like that can happen to us when there is too much happening in the background that we are not really addressing and yet it's affecting everything in front of us. So it's all of this background noise and feelings and, and people, they think that, well, if I push it down, (laughs) you know, it's, it's gone. It's like, oh no, it's there. (laughs) It's gonna be there until you're ready to look at it, address it, feel it. And it's like carrying around heavy bags all the time. You know, it's like, that's why we have that, probably that, that term of that turn of you know, phrase that's like heavy baggage. We've gotten heavy, you know, you got, you got some serious baggage. It's like, yeah, that like emotional baggage, if you're not integrating and feeling and processing grief is a difficult one because 
almost all humans want to run away from that emotion. I, I don't know anyone that will sign up and say, yeah, bring that on. I'm going to feel some of that pain, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's such yeah. a difficult emotional experience. Loss, change, human, yeah, humanity, humans, we do not like change. So loss of people we love, of animals we love, of places, experiences, so, 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 so difficult. And when people just start to feel that, it feels like a black hole for many people. They just like, oh, I can peer into that and I know it's going to hurt so badly. I can just feel that it's going to hurt so badly. And we have this lack of trust in our ability to be in that pain. And we have this misperception that it will last forever. You know, what's really important to remember is that there is there no feeling is final. All emotions will transition. There, all sensations will eventually change. There's a really important thing that we learned in my training in somatic experiencing from the very beginning. It was being able to guide our clients with the inquiry of as they notice the sensations and they're in their body. The simple question is, and what happens next? What happens next? As you're noticing that sensation, as you feel that constriction in your chest, just notice that. And then what happens next? And it's really interesting because we have this belief that it's not changing. You know, it's just pain there and it's not going away. But if I can get my clients to trust themselves with it, they'll notice, oh, well, it's kind of moving to my shoulder or, oh, it's starting to get a little bit more intense. Okay. Let's see if you can just be with that and then take a deep breath and just notice what happens after that. And then they'll be like, oh, well, kind of calm down. Okay, good. So the breath sort of helped it a little bit, helped relieve some of that pressure. And then, you know, it's so interesting how our desire to shortcut the experience means that we don't learn what happens next. We don't learn to trust, to welcome it all because those guests are going to come in. Some of them are going to be easier. Some of them are harder to be with, but they're guests. They don't stay forever. They move in. They walk right out. <laughs> And I think that is so important, right? That that ability to recognize and know that we're capable of handling anything we feel and that it's transitory, right? This too shall pass, right? And really understanding that that is true of all things that we experience and all things that we feel because change is inevitable, right? And you know, I think there's all these different ways in which we struggle to welcome the guests, you know, and one of those ways is because, you know, some of those experiences we've labeled as painful, right? So grief, sadness, loss, not belonging, right? There's there's things that we've really labeled or we experience as, as painful. And I think some things as well, we judge, right? We minimize, we dismiss as unimportant. Um, I was, you know, one of my own experiences that I really had some awareness around this week was that for me, like experiencing grief, I can really embrace grief, right? When it is 
what I consider worthy of grieving about, Mm -hmm. right? So I can grieve about losing a loved one. That to me is worthy of grieving about. But I was realizing recently that I was, you know, kind of in that place of my CPU not quite running efficiently. And so I'm like, (laughs) okay, there's something up for me. And I realized it's grief. And at first I thought, well, maybe this is grief about my mom who's passed away or, you know, these justifiable places that grief belongs. But then I started to realize that actually, you know, I'm making a huge transition in my business right now, in my identity right now. And I actually am grieving the last 21 years of like being this identity, of putting effort and energy into a, into a particular identity. And I haven't let myself feel like that's worthy to mm-hmm. grieve about. Right. Like I'm still okay. My business is not over. It's just a little tweak, a transition. I still have an identity. Everything is still intact. But somehow I haven't let myself grieve this piece that I'm letting go. And I it really kind of woke me up to realize how many things we believe aren't worthy of letting ourselves experience the emotion around them. Anger, I think, is another good example. You know, we try to keep ourselves from feeling angry instead of just allowing that anger to move through us, to educate us, to connect us to whatever it is that we need to see. And we just push it down and feel like, oh, well, we shouldn't give that any any room. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how we have such strong feelings about our feelings, you know, yeah. as far as like which ones are okay or not okay. And when something isn't, we're not comfortable feeling it, we don't always give ourselves enough space. And what you just described is so beautiful. And we could have a whole another episode, mm. you know, about know. grief and loss in business and, and yeah. the different ups and downs and when you either close a business or you just pivot and you completely let go. I mean, yeah, there's just so much there. And I think that this is why grief is coming up in our conversation around growth because we've got to be able to let go of the things that we need to release Sometimes it's not that the way that people think of like, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to let go of this grief and not feel it anymore. Like I'm supposed to be done and like, let that go and just release that. And it's like, no, it's more about feel into it so you can release kind of the hold that that resistance to not feeling it has on you. Yeah. And I mean, like grief actually feels good when you allow it, right? Like there is a, you know, it's like we resist things like grief or anger, I think so much, but actually when we just allow it, when we let it move through us, right, there's such a cleansing that happens when those emotions are just allowed to, to, you know, kind of flow through. And, you know, I think that's really powerful yeah, like, yeah, we could unpack a whole lot around this, like, this sort of, like, side topic. This is but... our challenge when we're, like, coming towards the end of our time together. Sometimes we get really on a whole like, other path. This is a whole other one. Yeah, but I think, you know, just just sort of giving ourselves permission to feel whatever we feel, right? Because I think that is 
this piece that I I wanted to kind of sort of like go down this road a little bit. We can go down it for a second, but yeah, you know, one of the things that I really have um, loved about some of the somatic work that I've read, some of the books that I've read, is they talk a lot about how our energy, all energy, everything we feel, is like a basic function of life, and it can never be bad. But I think when we're young. We're taught in so many ways, and especially women, that our energy is wrong in some way, right? That the the feelings that we have aren't logical enough, not valid enough. We can't prove our, you know, feeling. There's all these ways in which these this energy that's been expressed through us was dismissed or diminished or made wrong or invalidated. And I believe we take that through you know, the rest of our lives. And so when an emotion comes up, when a feeling comes up, in a lot of ways, we dismiss it. And this isn't just women, of course, it's like different kind of um, lenses, but men also have that, right? They're not allowed to fully express their emotions without being a crybaby or all these different ways. And so in so many ways, the world has you know, diminished us, has taught us to close the guest house and not mm-hmm. let all the things. And that has developed this huge mistrust in ourself and a mistrust in our intuition and a mistrust in our knowing. And it's so important that we start to reclaim that. And I feel that reclaiming that can be done by just starting with welcoming all the guests, right? Just starting with opening that guest house a little bit, allowing someone to sit down at your table and, you know, maybe offering them a cup of tea. It's good enough. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, And I I love that you brought it back to the body and, and into sensation and the energy, you know, that there is no right or wrong energy. Energy is, and we place judgment. We decide, oh, that energy. And like you said, it's often been what we were taught. And then we develop these beliefs of, oh, this energy of anger is bad because I'm going to, you know, not be the nice, um, pleaser anymore. Or this energy of depression is bad because, um, we live in a culture that's all about happiness. It's all about pursuit of happiness. Like something's wrong with me when I'm feeling sad. And so we have all these different belief systems around the emotions that we carry and the experiences that we have. So being able to suspend that judgment is very liberating and very much a part of growth. If you can suspend judgment so that you can have more awareness and more connection to yourself there's definitely going to be some good growth on the other side of that, I think, right? And one thing I do tell my clients is when they're feeling something that they don't really like and they don't really want to feel is to remind them that that is only energy in your body right now. That emotion you're feeling, that sensation, just remember it's energy. It's energy, simple as that, moving through the body, And you're having a reaction to that energy, but at the end of the day, it is only energy. It's not the past trauma happening to you again. It's not the predicted experience that you think might be happening soon. It's just, this is the energy right here, right now that your body is producing for some reason. So if we suspend judgment and just get curious about it, 
what can we learn from ourselves, from our bodies about what is going on, right? Yes, I love that. Such an important practice. I mean, you know, what we do instead is we make it all mean something, right? We make all the energy mean something. Oh, this feeling, I must have anxiety. I must be depressed. Or this feeling uh, it must mean that something bad is going to happen to me. Or, you know, this feeling is telling me I need to shut down or I need to to run away or I need to leave this relationship, right? And, and not to say that all those actions might not be legitimate or real or validated. It's just... It's just energy and if we just felt the energy and like you said, got curious about the energy, just explored what the energy is rather than instantly making it mean something, then I think it gives – it's all this like such a powerful tool, right? Like it's so – it has so much wisdom in it and this ability to make us aware of like, ooh, this sensation, this feeling, this energy, it's telling me something. It's educating me about something that's happening within me. And if I listen to it and then follow through, right, that's really powerful. But I think sometimes we judge it so fast. We make it mean something so fast. We haven't even really had the curiosity to be like, what, what is this actually? Like, what is this energy actually mean? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that is why curiosity is one of my favorite emotions. And all my clients that are listening, they know this about me. You know, I'm going to be like, how can we get more curious about that and suspend that judgment, that meaning that we're trying to, you know, we are meaning makers. You know, as humans, we love patterns. We love to make meaning out of things. And it's helpful to a certain extent. But if you constantly are applying that meaning, you know, just like, oh, I know what this is. Oh, this is emotions that aren't bad, aren't good. You know, this is sadness. Um, Instead, getting really curious about, well, as I grieve this person, like as I feel this grief and loss, what's coming up? You know, that's so interesting that my grief feels this way with this person, because normally I experience grief in a different way, right? Because When we actually start to notice, we will respond differently to different types of losses and different types of people, you know, some significant losses, even really significant. Like you can have parents that you'll grieve, you know, differently, obviously, because you have different relationships with them and like, or in different loved ones. So I think it's just something to get really curious about and welcome all those guests as you (laughs) stated at the very beginning of this call. Yes, I love it. Look, this is, you know, obviously a very deep topic. There's a lot of really juicy threads here. But, you know, if anything, I hope you'll just take away from this, you know, episode that there is power and there is growth in loving and accepting all things that come up within you, right? All the energy that comes up, all the emotions that comes up, all the parts of you that you may not like, right? Embracing that and allowing that and and just maybe setting it, you know, a little 
placemat and tea set for them, right? And welcoming them into your guest house can be a very powerful place to start. And it's, you know, I just want to, I wanted to kind of note this earlier as well. This is gentle, right? Like I want to highlight the gentleness and the self-compassion. I think sometimes because we can be so aggressive in our lives on fixing things that sometimes we can go into these parts of ourselves and want to fix it and like, or we can be really into self-development and we just want to like take it all on. Like I'm not even going to, I'm not going to take in one guest at a time. I'm going to open the door for all the guests, right? I'm going to give everybody some tea. I'm going to like be done. And you know, this can be a very gentle process, right? It's really just noticing what's coming up for you and it's maybe just allowing a piece in at a time a tiny piece whatever you feel like you can manage whatever you feel like you can handle and so I just wanted to make a note of that because sometimes we can think this has to be really hard work but it can be very gentle and slow (laughs) yes I'm glad that you named that because it's true some little overachievers out there they're like (laughs) gonna go and welcome everybody in all at the same time and try to get it all done but this is definitely something move slow and curiosity, compassion, they, they, they sit very well with slowness and just giving yourself a lot of grace. Yes. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for the Rumi poem in case you haven't ever heard of it. And so thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week. Hey, what did you think of today's show? There is a lot of power in reclaiming our emotions, feelings, and experiences. This is some of the work we do in the Worthy Women Collective. We can't separate our person from our profession, which is why when we focus on personal development, we shift not only our life, but our work as well. Want to learn more? Head over to worthywomencollective.com. Thanks for being part of our podcast community. We are so honored to have you as a listener. Take care and see you next time.